Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, we got all kinds of video. Ricky Romero, we are live. It's another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Bethel Duran, Ricky Romero, and Josh Tolley. Uh, today's episode is going to be a good one. So normally I have a couple things. I tell the guys, hey, what's up? Here's what we're going to do. But producer Tolley, Ricky, is on fire today. Like normally we'll go back and forth on the group chat. Rick, he called me t- this morning, told me what he wanted to do, told me how he needed how he needed time. And I'm like, yeah, totally. At the end of the show, you get totally time. No problem. No, 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 no. I need a good block. So before we get it to Josh Tolly, who's got brand new gear, by the way, Ricky, how are you doing, man? <laughs> well, he's got my address, so I hope we get that gear here soon, too. <laughs> um, no, everything's good. Uh, coming off a long weekend with the kids, but other than that, everything's good. They're back at school today, so. All right, all right. No wonder the house is quiet today. All right, good, good, Hi. good. All right, let's get going. Josh Tolley. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask how you're doing, but uh, just let everybody know we will have the topics later on in the show. We have a good rant going on. Uh, and for everybody who's been asking about the stickers, look, they're right here. I have been mailing out stickers, but here's the problem, though. We, I told everybody last week, if you want stickers, let me know. Well, I can't send you a sticker if you don't give me your address. <laughs> it's been a lot of yeah and then no totally before we get going where's Owego, new york uh like near binghamton an hour south of syracuse maybe so we have a big fan base in Owego, new york uh it's my people okay that's my people but nobody has addresses there everybody's a p.o box <laughs> you do the math <laughs> Obviously doing something wrong. How many P.O. boxes can you have? Well, there was there's five different P.O. boxes in Owego, New York that I got sent stickers to. So everybody's hiding or they don't have – I don't know what's going on yeah. over there. We hide off the grid. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Totally. Let's go, bro. All right. Ricky, Here we go. Me and Ricky, let's put the I'm – I'm a single shot on Tolly. Ricky, I'll talk to you in about 20 minutes, all right? We'll go ahead, Tolly. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Ricky, getting to your gear – getting to your gear i'll make sure the owner um bob sends the gear to you jamie's father is the owner of the team so that'll uh jamie's just the backer he's he's got the he's got the coin in it but i have to tell you i have to first start to apologize to these guys as they are now driving home they just crossed the border totally 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 first, to... all, first of all who are these guys you set them up set them up oh my god jamie mcginn okay his father his father-in-law rick and his brother-in-law brandon 
We were together for about five days, never laughed harder in my life. Um, it, it was just incredibly fun. But the best part of the story so far is that they got stuck at the border last night just to prolong their trip one more night. But I was getting harassed because last week on the show, I had said that they were the Rowan, this hockey team, this minor league hockey team was the River Rail Yard Dogs. Well, River was not part of it. It's actually the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. I then mentioned they play in the league, the ECHL, to find out that it's called the SPHL. I think that's what it is, but Canadians shorten everything, so it's just the SP to them. So we're going to go with it. The Rail Yard Dogs in the SP. Um, minor league hockey, it's equivalent to like, we'll just call it A-ball baseball, Ricky. So kind of put that hat on. But um, a lot of passion, a lot of grinding. Um, met the coach, uh, Dan, Dan Bremner, who's a coach, retired hockey player. Um, Mickey, Mickey runs the show there. Alexandra runs the show there. Um, and when I say run the show, when you think you've seen it all in minor league sports, you've seen it all. Like, we got the president of the team shuffling blood off the ice. Something I've never, ever thought I would ever see before. All right. But I, look, at I, I brought my notebook because I have filled, I, I had to write it down. This was five days of straight buffoonery. And Ricky, knowing Jamie McGinn, you can just imagine what, what, what every night was like. Um, oh, yeah. Morning skates. By the way, <sighs> really quick, Josh, really, really quick, really quick. You said it's like high A, like high A minor league ball. So is there any prospects that are potentially going to play in the NHL or are these guys kind of on the very outside looking in? Yeah, they're on the very outside looking in. But Jamie told me that there's been one guy from the SB get to the NHL and it was a goalie. Wow. So, Odds yeah. are slim. I mean, yeah. So is this slim, like right? uh, independent ball kind of equivalent? I Yeah. Somewhere I mean, around yeah, that maybe. Line? Guys yeah, maybe chasing, that would be like guys chasing a better, their dream. Like a, yeah, they're still chasing their dream, but these dudes are like 30 years old. Okay. Oh, but I have to older. tell you, yeah, they're older. They're not like 20 year old kids. Okay. So they they just this is their dream and this is what they want to do. But I have to tell you, I have never seen people take a loss as like personal as the hockey players do. Like they lose the game. So the first night they lost. Didn't play great. Everybody's pissed, um, but nobody speaks. You don't look at anybody in the eye for like two hours after the game. And I had said, I was talking to Dan, the coach. I was, I was like, wow, well, y'all take this so personal. And he's like, yeah, it's like you losing three games for every game we lose, right? So you're on a, you're on a two and eight skid. That's like losing like 24 games or something, right? Wait, totally. Are you in the, are you in the room with them? Yeah, I was eight. Ginner had me in the mix. I was on a bicycle, got my workout in while I was there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll lead you in. After Sunday's game, we hung out, told old stories because guys leave, just like we talked about, Ricky. Guys are in and out of there, and it's the same thing in hockey that that, that they do. But uh, Jamie, myself, Rick, and Brandon, we made sure that everybody stayed around for a little bit, um, kind of reward them for their victory, if you will. Um, second night they lost in overtime guy took a puck, threw a puck at the goal, the goalie, uh, as Jamie describes, it goes, Oh shit. He's flopping like a fish. And then the ball, the puck goes off of the goalies back into the net game over 20 seconds left in overtime. 
<laughs> um, I mean, Good, it, that, every, everything a, was just yeah. a story. Pacarina? They, dude, they really? fill this thing up. Saturday night, there was 7,000 people there or something. Wow. I, I, I think, like, so Sunday was a day game. There was, like, 3,000. Friday was a good crowd. It was, like, maybe 4,000. But they're – and they only play on the weekends. What? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's right. dope. Is it, like, you think during the week they they have their they have jobs? Uh, No, they don't have jobs. They practiced. This is their job. They get paid a little bit to do this. I was joking with Ginner. I said, I'm going to start a union for these guys. Because I'm a big God. union guy. There you go. Oh, man, they were coming at me. Right, they were so, fired up. So the SP is, uh, the Southern Professional Hockey League is headquarters in North Carolina. They got 11 teams. and They got Knoxville. They got Evansville. They got Birmingham. So it's it's the South. And they're getting after. There's a team in uh, Florida. So th these are guys... Hanging on, so getting after it. So, Evansville Thunderbolts in Indiana, Fayetteville Marksman, Huntsville Habit, the Knoxville Ice Bears. All right, so they're not in Cold City. It's, it's the South. So Yeah, it's the South. All right, it's the real South that they're getting after it. Now, Tolly, these guys walk in there, and they're looking at you, and you're like, okay, who's this guy? Do you go and tell them, hey, I'm Josh Tolly, Johan Santana, no hitter because of me? No, there's a couple Canadians that I think when Jamie introduced me, I think there's a couple Canadians that were like, they, being that they were Blue Jays fans, they they remembered who I was, and then the word kind of spread. But no, it, it was I, I I told I didn't want it to be about anything other than the guys. I wanted to see this culture. It is absolutely fascinating. You know, they got guys that work for free there. Gary Gary the clubhouse guy works for free. It's amazing. No, it's it's these guys have legit passion, and it's unbelievable that like this is the players. The staff, I mean, you guys. I, I wish you. I wish you could have been along for the ride. Um, now, Tolly, when you were there, how did they play? They, they were one and three. They took two points because they had an overtime loss. How was the owner feeling? Was he a little mad? Oh, oh my God! The stress level of the owner. Well, first off, hold on. When you travel with the owner, how do you think you're going to travel? You think Robert Kraft drives himself to every uh, every away game or every game period? No, somebody's flying him. You would think, nope, not our group. Our owner drives us. So for all my guys, listen, I'm sure they're listening. Um, but, but, but I have to tell you, it, it, the experience was insane. Like it started on Wednesday when we met. We met up at a, at a kind of a logistical, what made sense for us. They were all excited. They haven't been out of Canada in two years. We're going to an oyster bar. We get there, no oysters. What? So... Yeah, no oysters at the oyster bar. How great is that? It's like setting the tone for the week. We then leave on Thursday to drive to Roanoke. We get to Burger King. We order our food, and they send us all the wrong food out. So <laughs> it just like like it just kept building. And then they lose Friday night. Now Ginner's got the East pissed off. And then Saturday, they lose it overtime. And it was just everything had – and then our house, our house, the heat broke. So we wake up one morning. It was 55 degrees in our house. Whoa. <laughs> dude it really sounds like you were living a little bit of the minor league lifestyle yes yeah, hey as, as they refer to it it's shit that would happen in minor league baseball you know not yeah. obviously you're traveling in the car but like the bus breaking down the heater going off the ac going off yeah. or you're finally getting to your place and then the 
you remember those years in the minors where you get to your hotel room and the 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 it's in the middle of the summer and the room is scalding hot with no AC and they're yeah. like it's the middle of the night it's like two in the morning and you just want to sleep and you got to go get another room and they don't have it ready dude it's yeah. it, it it just kind of reminds me a little bit of of those days that's that's exactly what I felt like we woke up Friday Friday morning I think it went out Thursday night Friday morning and I was like I was shivering. I went to look at the thermos. It was fifty-five degrees. So Tony, our were, thought was, our thought was, Gitter didn't pay for the heat package in the Airbnb. <laughs> Tony, you were there. Uh, was it uh, in overtime when they lost four to three? Yeah. You know that was superhero night at the yeah. with the real yard dogs. What happened yeah. there, Tony? Well, we're oh, we're why? Well, yeah, the jerseys were sweet, except you couldn't tell who was who. They're both wearing the same blue. Another minor league move. <laughs> I said, you got to tell the Pensacola people, like, let's just bring all of our jerseys just in case we match one day. But minor league hockey, right? What is what it is. What is superhero night in the minor leagues, Tolly? Uh, so all the kids dress up as, like, uh, superheroes, and they walk on the ice, and they judge who's okay. the, who's right. who's got the best costume. Um, I mean, again, it, it's a little bit of that minor league life lifestyle that – you know, we're talking about um, there's certain themes sometimes that minor league teams have. And uh, when you, you you remember wearing those those uniforms like Star Wars night in, in Buffalo, yeah. and all of a sudden it was like like Star Wars uniform and everyone's dressed in Star Wars. The place is sold out and yep. they have different stuff like that. That's kind of the cool part about the minor leagues, though, when you when you get like like those jerseys and everything looks pretty cool. You know what's crazy, and it's such a family. It's not crazy because it is what it is, but it's a family-friendly environment. Like it's so reasonable for a family of four or five yeah. to go there and literally sit on the glass. You could you could buy four tickets, sit on the glass, go get some food, and you're out the door at a hundred bucks, right? Like what a great night of entertainment for a family to, to yeah. do. Which is what I I loved about it, and just the place is absolutely rocking. So if that place, if that team won the the championship of that league, the place that city would erupt. No question, they would fill up every seat. I mean, it, the arena itself holds like eight thousand. Oh snap! It's a this. I thought I, I sort of got. I thought I was getting into a Mickey Mouse operation. I was like, like this is minor league hockey. Like how? What could this be like? Totally, but and you suited we, it up though. I suited up. Yeah, you did. Look at that. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, we, hey, we're so hey. The difference between us and them is we're so tough. We don't wear helmets. Exactly. Uh, our guy Mikey V made that picture. So Josh Tolley and Ricky, Ricky playing for Pensacola. Uh, we're ready to go, baby. We're, we are ready to go. Well, I I told Gitter. I told Gitter on our way down. I said, hey, have I, I said I want to suit up for a game. He's like, bro, this is not no. a Mickey Mouse operation. We got jerseys and everything. We're a hockey team. Like, this is a beer league you're going to watch. Hey, hey roll that tape. Roll that tape. Hold the tape, hold the tape. Hey, I got uh, one more thing. I gotta give Rick a shout out. Because <laughs> Jamie's father-in-law, Rick, this is no bullshit. We so we're having all these problems. We don't get our food at Burger King. Jamie's bitching about the seven-hour drive the entire time. And we pull up to the house, and Rick goes, What's next? Newspaper, four guys perishing a house fire as a joke. And then our heat goes out. I was like, literally could have all perished in a house fire like that yeah that was that's exactly how our weekend was heading <sighs> oh okay the fun weekend though with the boys right. yeah so oh, it was dude. good it was good you know 
So Tony's totally texting me uh, Saturday. I got these guys. We got this. I got this. I'm a, I'm gonna shoot the puck. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Tony, set up what happened. You were in between period entertainment. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. I told it was you. For, yes, absolutely. It was for Lifetime Chick Fil A. Is that what it was? One year, one oh. year Chick Fil A. And because because I didn't eat a whole lot on the trip, I needed this. Um, <laughs> there was no making fun of. Nobody made fun of me of how much I ate all weekend. But um, I could have used uh, as as Canadians call them, Chick Sandos. They don't they don't ever finish a sentence. The chick sand, like <laughs> the chick sand. So I could have had chick sands for life from uh, from the the Chick Fil A. So totally. But yeah. so what happens? You go on the ice. They yeah. Bring you out, and you're the guy, and set up the scene. What's going on? Well, so the crowd, the crowd all exits to go get drinks and beer, and food. They hear that. We're going to shoot the puck, and then everybody comes back on. We're, they normally do one, but they shot two um, because the owner of the team asked if we could just jump in line and do it. So here's the deal. You get three pucks, one from the left, one from center, one from right. You have to make one in this really tiny hole, really tiny hole. If you make one, that's when you get the chick sand for life or for, for a year, sorry. Um, I then – I'm, I'm leading off. So I mean, there's a lady shooting behind me. I'm a little nervous. Like, God, if I don't make them, these guys are going to wear me out. And then the lady's like, your friends are going to kill you if I put one in and you don't. She's chirping you. <laughs> yeah, she's chirping me because that's what you do at hockey games, I guess. So I take my first shot from the left, kind of the left to hash, but like center ice with the net. I'm like, oh my God, you got, at least got to hit the net, right? Because there's a board over the net. So then I go to center ice, make a nice shot, miss just a touch right. Then I go over to the right hash and I throw a nice, as uh, Ginner says, that was saucy. So he said the mechanics look good, but I just barely missed again. Um, so I didn't get chick sense uh, for a year, but um, I had I did have a good time doing it, and I'm very grateful that uh, Mickey Mickey was able to arrange that for me. And I'm very grateful that they were able to send us the video. Of yeah, no, that's right. Here I'm it gonna is. post this on Twitter and 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 get feedback from our my Canadian friends on Twitter well, and wait, see the, what they think. What's that? Goal, uh, the hockey uh, the golfer Max Hama said, uh, "Rate my swing or fix my swing." You know, we got to get yeah. a hockey player to rate uh, Tolly's slap shot. So. Here it is, Josh Tolley on. You heard the crowd. You heard the crowd. Chirping you in the back, though. Look they're, at, they're I'm, I'm doing the slow mo on the YouTube. It's going, it's going. Not even close, Tolley. The intern to the left is like looking at the puck going to where the Zamboni would be. And here's the best part. Okay, I was getting killed after every shot. Totally. Why did I expect something like this going on? If you ever seen the movie Slapshot, you know. After the fighting scene. You got my eye on the three of you guys. You put one thing, you ready to escape. Now I run a clean game here. I have any trouble, I'll suspend you. I'm looking at a fucking song! <laughs> <laughs> oh, a slap shot-esque. I was waiting for that, Tony. Yeah, 
I, I just got to, I, I can't tell these guys, the people in Roanoke, my crew that I traveled with, literally one of some of the best five days. Like, I mean, just laugh after laugh after stinking laugh. Um, I, I mean, there's so much more, but I, I mean, we could do this wonder, for hours. I wonder, right? but, I wonder if we can get Jamie on right now to just kind of give us a rate on that, on that shot. We can maybe send the link. Let me yeah, see. Send, me, send him the me. link. We can wait for that. Send him the link. Do you have that totally? Uh, I, 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 I'd like to uh, hear more chirping. No, a la Tulowitzki towards Josh Tolley. I'm sure Jamie would go in hard on. Why do I have a feeling what we've heard from Tolley is like 95% of the truth? Like there might be <laughs> something that's missing there. You know, why do I have no. a feeling that something like that was missing? He said it was a, he said it was a great shot. <laughs> it was a great shot. While that's going on, Ricky and I went to Riviera last week. We had a good time at the golf tournament. Uh, we saw some pros. Say, we were busy doing this one. Yeah, we were doing that. We were hanging out at the golf tournament. We saw a Canadian uh, golfer. What's his name? Um, Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin. We saw him. So we saw some people out there. It was cool at Riviera hanging out. Ooh, it's getting windy here. Here in Carson. Hold on real quick. You know yeah, what hey. the most frustrating? You know what the most frustrating part is about watching those golfers is some of them don't look very athletic, but God, <laughs> they demolish a, a golf hey. ball and like how yeah. they make it look so easy. I guess it's the same. It would be the same thing, them saying the same thing about us, you know, yeah. playing. But those guys are so, so good. And it's crazy. We got to see the guy, Joaquin Neiman, tee yeah. off and we didn't even know who he was. Yeah. I just, I took video of him. And I was like, damn, this this guy looks like he can mash the ball. And sure enough, like that first tee set the pace for him for the whole weekend. Because of us, he won. You know, we showed up there. We were there. Like, almost yeah. Chile. He's like, what, 5'9 ish, 150 maybe? Crushing. 150, yeah. Maybe. Crushing. Oh, we got that totally. Was, that was hey, do you, can you, can you like call in? Like, if I were to like pass the number to you, no, no, yeah. You call him? He just has to send the link. I sent him the link. Yeah, all he has to do is click on it. Yeah, I mean, right, we'll move on. We'll get we'll get while we're yeah. Going. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll text it to him. So totally had a good time to... in Roanoke. Ricky was well, at Riviera. Yeah. We had a good time all weekend. It was fun, uh, but it was uh, the Roanoke Yard Dogs. No, 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 Rail Yard Dogs. The Roanoke Rail, rail yard, yard Dogs. dogs. Did it they rolls inherit... right off the tongue. Did rolls they right off that the name? tongue. They inherited that name, right? That had to be. Yeah, they did. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. All right, all right. So, Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs would get all right. rid of them. What a weekend! What Good a job, weekend. both we, of us. We all made of the us. team. We need that that jersey coming right our way. All right, so we are ready yeah. to go. All right, so we we eventually do talk about baseball, but you know what? I realized this sucks because I'm looking around for stories. I go and get a couple stories, and usually there's something there. And all I read are lockout stories about what could be happening, what couldn't be happening. And as a member of the media, I know when there's BS being thrown around. I can tell when it's being who's saying what or whatever it is. And it, like I was telling Matoli, it depends on who says what. And so I don't want to talk about lockout because it's a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of negotiating back and forth. I can only imagine U.S. players looking around. It's now, what, February 23rd, whatever date is. You guys should be, like, what, your second week of spring training? Like, you're already figuring things yeah. out. What's going on? You're already you're you're already over spring training at this point. Yeah, exactly. You can't wait for the season to start. Now, now Tony, <laughs> you're involved union-wise. I mean, you're not an active player, but you're still involved. No. What's going on? Yeah, no, no. I do some consulting on a, on a youth project um, called the Players' Way, 
But um, it's just interesting. Like I was involved for many of years over my playing career. And this is when it starts getting uncomfortable for the owners and the players, right? Like you're now starting to miss spring training games. There's a lot of like jargon thrown out saying MLB says this, MLBPA says X. But like, so as a player, you have to really stay in the loop and stay up to speed with what really in fact is is the truth. Um, but I will say this, I did read a report that Evan Drellick made, wrote an article at The Athletic, I think, yep. that Major League Baseball um, had opted not to slash the amount of players in the minor league. So whether that was uh, pressure from the Let's Go Ricky Rowe podcast or that was pressure from uh, the MILB advocates, they I think they got the message. Somebody's getting a message. And it's just oh, yeah. it sucks. You're right, but we, we a lot of it is no. Real quick, listen. We talked about this on the drive up to Riviera last week about how what you would be doing, and it's just you as a retired player who loves the game. I could hear the frustration in you, your voice of just like, damn man, like get something done already. Yeah, well, but at the same time, at the same time, you got to stand your ground as players. Yep. There, I've said this all along. There's a reason why we have the strongest union, probably in the world. And the more these guys stand their ground and, and don't give in, the better the game's going to be. So you just can't be giving in at this point. I mean, you've come this far. You can't just say, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. fold. So so uh, I think that's it, – is it frustrating? Yeah, but at the same time, especially younger guys should understand. I, younger guys coming into the league are probably like, what the hell? Like, you know, I'm coming fresh off my rookie year and I want to get going. I, you know, I got my feet wet. But trust me, this, this is going to be worth it when it ends. Yeah. Man, yeah. this is this is a conversation. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have every single week. Uh, it's gonna be like, hey, yeah, now for what? for a while, for a while. You feel like it's a but long Ricky, story? real quick. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. That, that's just my gut. Mm. I mean, dude, it, when you read the reports, like you're talking about being off by a lot, right? Like it's not like we're closing the gap. It's like you can't be off by seventy million dollars, right? So yeah, it's like, like I just think I I do believe. Listen, I, at the end of the day, something will get done, but. I also, um, it is frustrating. It's frustrating as a player, but to Ricky's point is like, if there's any time to hold your ground, it's right now because they, I don't know who, I, I really don't know who feels like they're in the driver's seat, but like we, as, as, as players and current and former players, like, you know what the landscape looks like. Hmm. As I've said before, the players are the product entertainment industry. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I, the only good thing, Beto, is that baseball is back at the college level. And yeah. um, we saw our guy or, you know, a guy that, that we've had a chance to kind of I've had a chance to interact a little bit with from Long Beach State, Luis Ramirez, who had yeah. an unbelievable game at Mississippi State. And I've heard it's really, really tough to play at that place and to go in there and do what he did on Friday. Man, that's pretty cool. But, you know, he's a kid from East L.A., Josh, and he's the ace for the Long Beach State dirtbags. And. Uh, he went out there and I think went six innings, yeah. didn't go up a hit, maybe one hit. I'm not sure, but went in there, dealt and did his thing. And, you know, he's projecting to be probably, I told him, I, my last text message to him was like, hey, man, you got next. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, that that's, that's great. He continues yeah. to uh, move forward. My Titans went uh, last two out of three to the to the threes in Stanford. Um, that was that's always a bad loss because. We don't like Stanford, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're young. Uh, new coach coming in, Jason Dietrich. Um, 
you know, he's going to do his thing. I know he is, and, and, the, and the program's in good hands, but it's probably going to be a little bit of an up-and-down season for them. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so we're going to go to Long Beach State games because I'm wearing my Long Beach State hat because, you know, of course, totally free. free You'll hop on any bandwagon that gives you free gear. Yeah, speaking I'm of dead. free, uh, L.A. Dimes, my guy Danny Hernandez is a quarterback's coach. So if you have a quarterback, send it to my guy Danny. So free, free, headphones are free. What's up? The only way I'd wear that hat is if I was working for them. Other than that, no fucking chance. Well, I'd speaking of working for them, but that's another conversation we'll have for another day. <laughs> we might be – anyways. Uh, <laughs> Josh, hey, totally. I am rooting for Luis. I'm rooting yeah. for my boy, uh, Jordan Boites there, uh, for Eric Valenzuela too. Yeah. I mean, great, great. Dude, um, I'm rooting for them. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's fun to you know if they're the ones carrying the load in the Big West and into the playoffs and into the World Series, more power to them. Yeah, and Luisa, I was dealing and his his videos actually ended up on Pitching Ninja. I texted him, "Do you even know what that is?" Like, ah, people told me it's a big deal. I'm like, see, this guy, that's the kind of pitcher he is. Totally, he just goes and deals. What you gotta do? Do you have that highlight? 92-93 with sink, JT. Just wow, just yeah. bowling balls. Like, and it's coming from a like a, a bit of a funky delivery, so it's getting on you. And you can tell he had those hitters baffled. Yeah. So all right. Yeah, so let's they, move they, on. <clears throat> the next. Uh, so check this out. How old are you, Tolly? What? 34, 35? 35. Right? All right. Ricky's 35. 34, 35 around that area. Uh, what happens when you start seeing kids that you saw in the clubhouse all of a sudden grow up, like Vlad Guerrero Jr. Right? You guys saw that kid around, or like a Boba Shed, or you know those kind of kids. You start thinking about it. What about somebody like this? C.C. Sabathia's kid, Karsten, is committed to Georgia Tech. Like, that's huge for him. I know C.C. talks about his son a lot in the uh, in his podcast with Ryan Rucco, R2C2. But you guys remember this little kid running around? Now look at him. I just remember watching, I remember watching him on TV with, with C.C., you know, um, out on the field or in press conferences, press conferences and stuff like that, so. To see this, man, I mean, that's, that, that's pretty dope, you know, that's... Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I mean, you, you only get this type of opportunities once in a lifetime and for them to be able to... Um succeed and you, you wish him good luck and hopefully he's the next Sabathia to make it to the big leagues. Big, he's about 6'5". Yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like, I, I've, I've always said that. It's like, even guys, I, I it's weird too, like guys now going into the Hall of Fame that like you played against, right? It's like the same yeah. kind of thing. It's like <laughs> you watch the Hall of Fame ballot, you're like, oh my God, that was a teammate. Oh my God. Like, 
I played against yeah. him for three years, and that that is when you do feel like you age. And pre, this is great. I mean, what in a great school um, yeah. as well. So good, good, good for uh, Carson and CC and the family. I, I think it's 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 awesome, and to be around yeah. it and grow up with it. And then, I mean, another guy that you've kind of seen, too, or I've seen through social media because we follow each other, Andrew Jones's son, too. He drops yeah. tanks, He's a tanks yeah. like awful tanks, like it's his, like it's easy work, and he's he's committed to Vanderbilt. So oh, wow. it's crazy yeah. to see that pedigree. Like like they following, they're following in, in, in that's footstep. Obviously, CC signed out of high school, but, you know, um, and Andrew was freaking 18 years old playing in the World Series. But for these for their kid, like – the odds are not, you know, that everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, who's who's the next for me? Like, who's it going to be, Sebastian or Diego? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if they're going to so, like hey, the girl. I think the girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, when, when actually one does kind of start moving, shifting towards that goal, you're just like, whoa, this is this is dope. And you watch those two kids and what they're doing right now, and it's pretty cool. What to say, though, that a player like Andrew Jones and a player like CeCe Sabathia sending their kids to college when there's talks that these kids could be top three rounders. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, you know what? I, the more, I, the more I see though, like Vanderbilt commits to me, it's almost like they take that scholarship and they bet on themselves just because of the, the history of the program and what they've been able to produce the past few years. I feel like once you commit there, I think everyone's, kind of they don't really lose a lot of guys to the draft but who knows i mean yeah i mean if you're the top five picks in the draft i mean that's you know you can't get any much better than that i mean other than being the first pick overall or whatever it is but i mean it has to be life-changing money i've always said you know um if it was my kids it, and it's life-changing money and it's an experience that i feel like he's ready for then hey go chase it but again the minor leagues is not easy and and Josh and I know that, and it's it's a it's a completely different world. I don't care how much money you have; it's a different world. And mommy yeah. and daddy are not there for you. <laughs> the thing about the the difference with with those guys, right? Because I think players have that same perspective. Anybody that's ever played at a high high level has the same thing that you just said, right? It's like we get it, like it worked out for me, but I wouldn't let my kid do that. Do mm. what I did, take the path that I took, and I. Mm like being in good hands, like go get a college education. Like I said, unless you're going to be one of the top five, top five picks in the draft, like then maybe, but before that, it's like, I don't know. The risk for reward is not there. Go get a nice education. You hear that? Especially with the way that the draft is now too, everything's slotted, right? I mean, it's not like you can really negotiate that much money. Um, like, before, you know, now it's like you fall into a slot and either get a little bit more or, or whatever it is. So, I mean, yeah, I, to me, I, I, Coach uh, Dave Serrano, who's at Northridge now, posted a picture of, of us yesterday on his Instagram and, and on Twitter. And just, the, you know, it was us at the College World Series. And, and I, I like look back at that picture and I'm like, those, those three years, I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. Like, you know, what, what I was able to accomplish as a player, as a person, um, growing up, the growing up that I did, um, you know, going and, and playing in the World Series, even if I wouldn't have played in the World Series, the, the what we were able to do and the people I was able to meet in that group, I mean, college just completely changed my life, you know, in, in and out of the baseball field. So it's just experiences that I feel like you only get once. And and, and if you're able to take that college route, I mean, it's it's you you grow a bit more. 
and 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 Josh, you know, you obviously came out of high school, so it was a bit different, you know, for you, you know, and, and when you're yeah. when you're a high school player, I feel like when those high school kids come in, it's like, well, I was the shit where I come from, and then now you come into a program and you're or to a team, and you're just like, whoa, everyone's pretty damn yeah. equal here. <laughs> no, no, no. You you are the shit, and then you're the shit, right? Like I was the man in high school. Then you just look around, and you're like, I'm not just really a nobody. That's, I mean, that's you, the hardest you, part. You come in, you come in and and you, your first spring training, there's like 30 catchers, and you're like, how the hell am I supposed to uh, leap these guys or go over these yeah. guys? You know, there's 30 guys, you know, and and yeah. the, the organization signs guys, releases guys, signs guys, and let's face it we're all human when you see stuff like that you're just like oh man like damn i'm never getting to the big leagues oh damn yep. they signed another guy so all that stuff runs through your head and again it, i i feel like sometimes uh, you know again josh was talented enough to to come out of high school i wasn't but uh but yeah the three years of college for me served me really really well mm, you just heard two professional athletes <clears throat> one go to college one went straight out of high school both saying, I would send my kid to college. I don't want them going through what they went through in the minor leagues. It's, you're right. And one of the questions is, how much is life-changing money? You know what life-changing money would be? Like, yeah, what would be life-changing money in your eyes, Rick? The way the world is now, I mean, I don't think a million dollars is enough. <laughs> no, sure. I was, I, no, I was thinking yeah. more in the line of five. Like, uh, Yeah, that's. Say five, four or five and anything anything north of four or five i think is like for signing bonus right right for because but they right like into to ricky's point right where you guys live gas is five dollars a gallon right now probably right yeah. so yeah. It, it's like you you sign for two million dollars your million go to taxes mm -hmm. and then you got to effectively live off of that which is like i i understand that people are going oh yeah woe is me two million dollars i no, no, I, but baseball I understand, term, baseball I understand the point, baseball but baseball, term. yeah, like, as, as we said in previous podcasts, you don't make any money for a long time in this game, so you got to figure out how to close the gap. In baseball, yep. like, it's an expensive lifestyle. Even as you start getting into A-ball, double-A, the travel, eating out, renting a home, all of those things, like, you have to, like, really know, take that money, invest it well, set yourself up for life, and then, and then go run your dream. But you have to remember, also – like that's not just in the current. What what do you have to do? You have to fill the gap when you're done playing. How many guys play till they're fifty? Nobody, right? Yeah. Except Jose that and Franco. That and, and the big leagues isn't guaranteed either. I don't care if, if you get a million dollars. No. You know that turns into half a million, maybe six hundred thousand, and you got to live off of that for the rest of yeah. your life. And you know who knows if you go to college? Maybe you do further in your mm -hmm. life, but at the same time, you know you want to get married, you want to have kids, all. Like all that stuff, like you, you really have to take into consideration. So yeah, life changing money for me would be anywhere from four to five million dollars, and and, yeah. and higher, obviously. Damn. And and yeah, again, everyone's different, and every, everyone's like, oh well, what's wrong with two, three million? Well, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but but the big leagues isn't guaranteed for everyone. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. That's why I love doing the podcast and the reactions that we get from a lot of people about we're not. Or not we, we as a podcast, we're not on the soapbox saying, oh, back in my day kind of guys. It's more the reality of what it is. Yeah. And it's you're never doing the been there, done that. It's more of you're speaking from experience. That's why I love listening to your guys' stories. And I know sometimes we sound repetitive, but there's people listening to the podcast for the first time, and we get new listeners every single week. And 
it's about life choices for you because we have a lot of high school coaches listening to us and we have a lot of young players who are like thinking, hey, at 15, 16, I'm a five-star on this, this, and that. And that might be happening to you pretty soon. But when you don't know anybody who's been there, done that, like back to example, Luis Ramirez, the pitcher at uh, Long Beach State, come out of high school, drafted, but not really. Goes to Long Beach State, struggled. Junior struggled. This year, he's the Friday starter. Now there's talks about him being a first rounder or second rounder. Yep. And he's been asking Ricky, like, dude, what do I do? My mom and dad have no clue. Like, go to the people who are there and listen but to these that, guys. And that's part, like, that's part of it. That's where you you should take your 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 growing up in, in college when you're trying to make it to to the big leagues and stuff like that. You you get punched in the face, and you you learn how to how to react to that. When you get punched in the face in the in the minor leagues, and you can recover wow. and you keep getting. Yeah, it's next guy. Next that, guy. That's what, next. Like that's a that's a perfect example, Beto. Right? Like, so he got drafted. Whatever. I would say he got drafted in the twentieth round of the draft out of high school, thirtieth round. And he just says, "Oh, I'm just happy to go play." And he goes and he struggles for those couple of years that you just explained. Like he struggled in college, which he has the right resources now to like effectively help get him to be the Friday night starter, which he is. Where like they're not just going to tell him to go home. They're going to develop him and say, this is what it is. In the minor leagues, you have two bad seasons like that, you're out of there. Or the opportunities yeah. get less and you can never prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm living proof of it. You know, it happened to me. And in, in, I came in my freshman year at Cal State Fullerton. You know, I was a leader in strikeouts in all of California. I had a great senior season. And I'm thinking, you know, that you know, I, I'm I'm going to pitch here. And then you get there and you're like, whoa, the level of competition, obviously, Cal State Fullerton is one of the top teams in the country at that time. And and then you start seeing yourself on the depth chart and you're like, whoa, I, I got to go to the bullpen. I've never done the bullpen. And then and then, you, you know, I was still I still pitched a lot for a true freshman. You know, I think I think I got like 56 innings, I think, and and got to experience the World Series as a as a young freshman and all that. I was I was a part of the team, but. You know, it was something that I wasn't used to, and 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 when you go in for an inning and you give up a run or two, and you see that ERA start going up, you're like, oh man, like this this is crazy, you know. And and so it's it's all about learning yourself and learning through failures, and 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 I feel like college teaches t- teaches you that. And there, who's not to say, yeah, obviously in college too, you know, if if you fail, 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 obviously they go out and get the next guy. But if they see potential, they can work with potential and. You know, and and Luis Ramirez is is a perfect example of that right now. And again, a little bit it happened a little bit with me. You know, I came from East East Los Angeles. Nobody really knew who I was uh, in the baseball world. And in East LA, people knew who I was, but outside of that, no, I was nobody. And then made a name for myself. And then my junior year, like like you said, Bethel, he probably he probably came in this. He's probably going to come in this season. And maybe like like my junior, year, I was like a top five round pick. And then the season goes on. Oh, he may be. He's working himself into the top four rounds, top three rounds, top two rounds. Oh, now he's working himself into the top thirty picks. You don't want it any other way, man. If you're consistently getting better every time, that's what you want from a baseball player. You don't want to peak your freshman year and then by your junior year you're flamed out. So, yeah, I mean, there's certain guys that uh are able to do that you know there's 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 those freaking natures that are able to do that for three yeah. straight years they come out of high school and they they go like you know josh beckett is a perfect example you know guy was super young with the with the florida marlins at the time leading them to a world series there's there's those special cases but again it just yeah. it, the odds are very very much against you 
Yeah, I know we get in that rant every now and then, but I can't reiterate enough, man. People just, just listen, man. Like, that's the thing. It's about listen to the people who've been there. Not, th- and there's plenty of former players who are like back in my day, like you know, back when we had to run through snow to go play baseball, all those kind of guys. I'm not saying that, but listen to this part. And when you have people who've been there, done that. Why not listen a little bit? A perfect example is what Ricky found this week. So, Yadier Molina, if you walk around him, you're like, dude, that's fucking Yadier. He has a presence, right? I've been in the clubhouse with him. You're like, that dude has a presence. So, if I'm watching him anywhere, I'm going to do what Yadier does. So, Yadier Molina was coaching his kids this weekend, and he put it uh, on Instagram. And, Ricky, you can read this and translate it. Uh, to example, but he put it on his Instagram about 13 and 14 year old kid tournament. Go ahead, Rick. No, and and again, we're talking about Yadi Molina, who's played the big leagues for for a long time. He's a future Hall of Famer. Probably has no business coaching young kids, but man, does he love it? And and when you see the love and passion that he has, and his brother Jose, Jose, who, who oh, yeah. got me in the big leagues, um, pretty awesome that they're going back and doing stuff like this. Um, and again, when you see Yadi being this involved even with like the caribbean world series last year Beto, he was he was there he was playing hard all that good stuff so again so his post is says um i, I won't read the first paragraph he was just talking about uh congratulations to his team uh but in the second part he says y un consejo al coach veterano enseña más baseball y menos maltrato verbal el show es de los jugadores no de los coaches so right there he's saying a piece of advice to the veteran coach i'm guessing it's the opposing coach he beat Teach your kids more about baseball and less about verbally cussing them out. Attention, uh, the, 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 the third paragraph says, Atención padres, nunca deje que ningún coach maltrate verbalmente o físicamente a sus nenes dentro o fuera del terreno. No se lo permita. He's saying, parents, don't allow your coaches to verbally abuse your kids or phys- physically abuse them too in or out of the, 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 the baseball field. And again, this, this goes to the, to the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, about people saying, Oh yeah, kids nowadays are soft, this and that, this is coming from a veteran's mouth, you know? And, 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 and it, again, it, it doesn't teach you anything. And Beto, you sent me that, that little video thing about Evan Longoria doing a podcast too. And him saying, teach your kids to love the game, like teach them to love the game before anything else. If they fall in love with the game then you've done your job, you know, and, and they're going to want to come out to the field more. But if you're belittling them every time, that's where you lose them. And 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 again, this is coming from Yadi's mouth. It's not that the kids are soft nowadays. It's it, There's a certain way to approach certain situations, teach them the game. If they make a mistake, it's about, hey, let's go like like let's 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 focus a little bit more or let's do this or let's do that. Explain to them the mistakes. But if you're belittling, belittling them every damn time then it just doesn't work yeah i i think there's i think there's a time and place for tough love but um 100 i don't i don't think that it should go away but i think there's ways to handle tough love constructive criticism i think is probably the best like i don't know how else to explain it it's not never embarrass especially a young kid never embarrass them in front of their teammates never embarrass them in front of the opposing team Never embarrass him in front of the parents. Like, this isn't like, this is not rocket science. But the fact, I, I think w- where the problem lies is a lot of these parents and coaches, they try to live vicariously through them, right? Like, oh, I should have made it until I blew my arm out when I was 16. Like, 
Rick, I mean, guys, how many times have you heard that story? Or, oh, I blew my knee out. I would have been a catcher in the big leagues. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have. Um, the, 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 point, the, the point is, is like, teach the kids a game. And that's what the message the last three weeks have been. Of like, stop trying to like, do that. Like, don't do the wrong thing. Just do the right thing. Teach the kids to play the game properly. As, as Longo said, to love the game. Like, that's how we get people. That's how we get this generation back is like teach them to enjoy the game. That's, that's what we did. We learned to enjoy the game in the backyard. And, and that brings me to a point too, about the um, people who say like, Oh yeah, the, this year, this generation's uh, kids are soft, this and that. I mean, I played with guys in college, you know, and, and, and in pro ball who, who, if they got belittled, they were crumble, you know, yeah. and, 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 it, and it, to and it was our generation. So, you know, and, and this is coming from like, oh, guys who say, oh, yeah, our, my generation is tough. My generation. Well, no, man, they're, they're, I saw kids, you know, or guys, players like get belittled or 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 just, you know, lose focus or couldn't handle signs or couldn't do this, couldn't do bunt place. And they just would completely lose it. And so it's not about being soft or not. And like Josh said, there is there is a time for for tough love. Mm. You know, there is, there is a time for time for that yeah no doubt about it and i'm sure yadi yadi's fire fiery you know but i'm sure he's the first guy that'll put his arm around a player and, and explain to him the situation and what went wrong and what can, could be done better you know you know why rick, you know why rick because a lot of these coaches have never gone over 10 gave it up on the mound. oh that that's the problem like when you understand failure like what do we do as baseball players hmm. when we fail mm-hmm. right like it's not, we don't need anybody to yell at us. We have to find a way to fix. So we're not fail. So we fail less because we're always going to fail in this game. And if you played at the highest level, you know that it is the hardest stinking game. I don't care what age you are. It's a hard game. It's hard to throw strikes. It's hard to hit balls. Like it's tough. And I I think it's, it's awesome that the timing of this, that, that you found that this week, just in light of what we're talking about, because some people are like, dude, you're crazy. You're losing your mind. I'm like, no, I'm not losing my mind. You're losing your mind. And then for a guy with that kind of stature to, to come out and say something, it, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a systemic problem in youth sports, and there it is. Yeah. yeah and, 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 again, um, like, like Josh said, it's, it's the, the, the tough – I'm going back to the tough love part and, and what, Yadi, what Yadi is saying too, like, or what I said about Yadi, he'd probably be the first guy to kind of put his arm around you coaches love like you know it to me i felt like i i would gain the coach's respect by if i like josh said going over 10 or 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 struggling in a start when you're in there the next day and you're like all right what what is it that i need to get better uh coaches love being asked questions like hey where can i improve what can i do better let's go work let's do this let's do that if you're doing the little things if you're if you're there's a different i I heard a, a pretty cool quote yesterday or a podcast I or a clip of a podcast saying like, you know, the working hard, like when you say, Oh yeah, I work hard and that's why I got to the big leagues. Well, working hard is a prerequisite to get to the big leagues. It's what are you working hard at? You know, I, I'm working hard today on my mechanics or on my bullpen, throwing strikes. There's specific things that you have to do as a player in order to get better. But if you're just going out there and saying, I'm working hard, well, what's the definition of working hard? Everyone has a different definition. Hmm. So just make sure you focus on your craft. You know, I, I had a young kid yesterday reach out to me about, you know, hey, man, like I'm struggling with my curveball. What, what is it that I can do better? Well, 
I, you know, obviously I was like, if you have a chance to FaceTime, I'd like to talk to you FaceTime. But if you can, here, here's a message of, you know, hopefully it makes sense. And, 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 and stuff like that, you know, when you're asking those type of questions, I know that kid's wheels are spinning in his head. He's saying, okay, what I want to get better throwing my curb, you know, and, and, and when you pick, when you become that picky, especially at a young age, like he is in high school, then it tells me that he's all in. <laughs> mm, love that. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. It's a, it's, it's a fine line and the days of people just yelling over and over and over, you know, so it works for some people, but it really does. It yeah. goes, especially yeah, because, as pros. Because, I, I love when fans are like, oh, they should blow up in the clubhouse. The, the manager's got to do this. Man, if you flip over a table spread, you're just ruining food. Don't be doing that. <laughs> because let's face it, Josh, you know, everyone works hard. Everyone works yeah. hard in the big league. At some, like yeah. in their own way. In their own way, they work hard. There's some yeah. guys you're that are not there. For, you're not there because you didn't because you didn't work, right? Like you're a worker. Period. And even the minors, you know, um, you know, guys are working hard and some guys don't get the opportunity that they deserve, you know, and, yeah. and so sit here and say, oh, work hard and you'll get to the big leagues. It's, it's a bunch of bullshit. You know, it, it really is. It's a prerequisite. You know, you got to you got to learn work ethic. You got to learn how to work hard. But you also once you get to that, you start getting to that level, you got to start nitpicking about the things you have to work hard at, you know, and yeah. there's certain things that you just uh, you know what? My fastball feels really good. I don't need to spend the next 15 bullets on fastballs. Maybe I want to spend my time on curveballs or changeups or cutters, whatever it is. So it's 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 learning learning yourself and and learning how to um how to how to get better for that from that. And if you guys want to, Ricky was on the just a good conversation podcast. Go and check that out. Also, a young skinny Ricky Romero to looking good right there. Uh, it so, looks like a young El Duque. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll post the links to that on the uh, Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. And uh, also, you had a good conversation with photographer photographer Matt Brown, uh, who was mm-hmm. you know, Angel's photographer. I know him a little bit. You were with him in Fulton. So all those links will be on the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page right now. And I see everybody who said, hey, Bethel, thanks a lot for the stickers. Here's my address. So there's people watching right now who are like, oh, yeah, I forgot to send you my address. Uh, so just to, let me shout you guys out right now. Uh, Bobby Urias who's in Chula Vista, is going to be getting a sticker. Fernando Cortez in Santa Fe Springs, no problem. Alex Cuevas, oh, that's in Antelope Valley. Uh, who else am I saying? Pablo Hernandez, who made a picture of Tolly Time, which we can't post because Tolly looks like a monster. We're not going to post that one. <laughs> it's Hey, come on, make Tolly look good, bro. He's, he's part owner of a hockey team now. Why uh, was it? Yeah, part owner, that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we have ad- we actually have an address in Upstate New York. We have addresses going out in Vancouver, Canada. So um, I got to figure out how many stamps I need to send to Canada. So let me know, and I'll be sending them out there. Of course, they're all free. Uh, Via Real in Jenison, Mil- Michigan. Also, we're going to Michigan. We got one up there. All right, cool. So we got listeners all over the country. You'll be getting stickers. I'm actually going to go to the post office after the show right now. Now, speaking of tough love, we had one. The video rant. This was submitted by our good friend Carlos De La Torre. We're starting to get friends submitting audio rants. So I've been looking for them. So, Los, I appreciate the one you just sent us. Um, so we have Slapshot earlier. We don't need that. We had Tolly uh, shooting the biscuit for you just joining us right now. Let's watch Tolly miss again. One more time. Oh, on the ice. Oh, totally getting done chirped by the people. No, it's always fun. But Lowe sent us this one. He said, Tommy Lasorda, you know, Tommy always had a rant, no problems. But this is a different one. This was the 1977 World Series. None of us were born. Doug Rao is on the mound against the Yankees. 
gives up the back-to-back-to-back-to-back hits. Tommy Lasorda, who's wearing a microphone for ABC, and Keith Jackson was actually the broadcaster of that game, comes out and takes out the pitcher. So here's what it sounded like. I don't give a shit you feel good. There's four motherfucking hits up there. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit, doggy. Well, I may be wrong, but that's my goddamn job. I'll make the I'll make the fucking decisions here. I'll make the fucking decisions here, okay? I don't give a fuck. Hey, Tom, don't give me any shit, God damn it. it. I'll make the fucking decisions. Keep your fucking mouth shut. I told you. You talk about it in my fucking office. I'm just saying, talk about it inside. This is not the place you're okay. talking about it. Okay? That's all I'm trying to say. Just jump on me. Just trying to board a fucking scene out here. That's all. That's right. It's fucking great for you to be standing out here talking to me like that. I feel good. I wouldn't say I don't so. give a shit, Doug. I'm the fucking manager of the fucking team. I got to make the fucking decisions. And I'll make them to the fucking best of my ability. It may be the fucking wrong decision, but I'll make it. Don't worry about it. I'll make the fucking decisions. I gave you a fucking chance to walk out of here. I can't fuck around. We're down two games to one. If it was yesterday, it's a different fucking story. I don't give a shit. You got three three left-hand hitters, and they all got fucking hits on you. Rivers, Jackson, and the fucking other guy. They all got left-hand. They all hit. That guy that just hit the ball with the left-hander, wasn't he? Dougie, I don't give a shit whether you jammed him or not. He got he didn't get out. I can't I can't let you out there in a the fucking game like this. I'm... <laughs> That's great. What? Well, yeah, why dude, is how, like, how do they get these? How do they find the audios to like like were were coaches mic'd up back in the day? It was how, a World I Series mean, on channels. It was on ABC, so they would have different boom microphones in the locker room or the dugouts mm-hmm. there at that time. So the conversation yeah. after Rao was taken out of the game. He stayed next to Lasorda in the dugout, still pleading his case. And you hear him say, well, we could do this in the uh, in the office. And Lasorda's like, I ain't got no fucking time. Like, Tommy was just a different one, a different breed. You don't hear that anymore. I, I, I want to see if somebody can find us the David Wells, Cito Gaston one. David the, Wells, Cito Gaston? I wonder if there's audio of that because this is, uh, I think that the, the story goes, Cito came out to get him and, and Boomer, uh, Grabbed the ball and threw it out to left field, I think, as he was going to handle it. Come on. Or handle it. Yeah. We don't even, we yeah. don't need audio for that. We just watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. find us the video of David Wells and Cito Gaston uh, in, in the 2000s? No. Well, somebody find Hey, somebody Before, get on it. Somebody get on it. He was younger. Yeah. I think he threw the ball into the stands. He came to grab, get him and chuck the ball in the stands. Yeah. So that was the audio. Tolly was, uh, that a conversation, everything you ever went through? Not obviously not in the World Series, yeah. but something yeah, like no, that. Those have those happened, and, and the dis, the displeasure in the pitchers, which is so funny, right? Like, <laughs> this is my game. This is my game, and they're like, yeah, you're gassed. It's the fifth inning. You're gassed. You you've been behind every hitter. Like, 
just pass the ball along and move along. Ricky probably has a different perspective of that. But um, I, I've heard a few, uh, I've heard a few little fiery uh, exchanges on the bump. Yeah, I mean, I, I had yeah with with my catcher. Yeah, I did too. But with the manager, I mean, there's a no. clip there where supposedly I kind of didn't hand the ball off right to to our manager then John Farrow and. You know, some 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 people tried making a big deal out of it. I I kind of just missed the missed the. I was gonna put the ball in his hand, and I kind of missed it, and I kind of had to come back and, yeah, and give it yeah, to him. Yeah, the, the yeah, sure you, <laughs> yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. Hey, hey, that, hey, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in baseball is when pitchers don't hand the ball to the skipper. What? Drives me crazy. I don't know. What, it drives me crazy. When they keep it in their glove. Yeah, and they go like this. <laughs> oh, it pisses me off. I used to do that sometimes. It uh, I, me I, off. Just get, yeah. I mean, it was either handing it off to him or just get it out of my glove. You know. Yeah, the best part yeah. I like about you're, that. You're, uh, you're, we'll, we'll, you're taking it from. You're taking me out of the game. You're taking it from me. I'm not handing it to you. Type thing. That's kind of the mentality sometimes that I would take. You know. But again, it was no like knock on the manager or anything. As as, as Josh knows, some pitchers just they want to stay in the game, but. But as a starter, like there's there's times where you do play to your case, and there's other times when you know you've grinded for six, seven innings, or yeah. even five, five, six innings against a tough team, and you're like, okay, like come and get me now. Like you can you can come and get me because I'm fried up here, you know, not not physically, but mentally, I'm fried. So sometimes after those five, six inning outings, when the manager would come and get you, you're like, thank goodness, because I just grinded for a hundred pitches there. Yeah, that clip with Doug Rowell was in the World Series. The Dodgers are down two two games to one, and he's like, "I can get him out," and the bases were loaded. Like, <laughs> like his lineup, like they all went the opposite way. Like, and then the best is a uh, Steve Yeager, yeah. Boomer, is standing there, the catcher, and he's just looking like he's not even trying to offer one word of support at all. He's like, "Hey, oh, stay away from that, man." Like, yeah, what, no. if that if there's an interaction happening, that catcher's just kind of, kind of, just kind of back yeah. away a little bit and just kind of. Look around, and yeah, they ain't getting involved, but there's yeah. a conversation. All right, as we wrap up the show, Tolly time has been a hit. We've been posting them on Instagram, and uh, we've gotten mixed reviews, Tolly. Yeah, uh, I love it. That's why we do Oh, this. by the way, I had a friend, Josh, you, you'll like this. I had a friend who said he sent that clip to a parent of, or to a friend of his who's a parent, kind of on that daddy ball topic thing, and the, 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 the guy, his friend replied with, you don't, you don't have kids, you, you wouldn't know. That was his no, response. Have, yeah, but I have three of them, and I know. Well, Josh has kids too. Like, yeah, I, I have three Josh of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the top yeah I watch it. I literally watch it every week firsthand. So, like, there's no argument that like is valid. Like, you can't argue. Yeah. I, I watch it with my own eyes. Yeah, they're telling yeah. basically uh, if it's. Hey, this clip is about you. No, it's not. Then yeah, you're the problem. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent guilty. Guilty is yeah, yeah. No, no, they must not be talking about me. Yeah. yeah. No, we're not. Don't worry. All right. Just so we wrap up the again. show. A cool feature is called Totally Time. We still got to get a, a different artwork. Uh, we want to get a Totally Silhouette, Totally Time. We want to get some stickers made up and Totally. Maybe a little merch for that too of Totally Time. It's a, where he has a minute to rant. And our good friend Nick Muffin, who makes the edits, uh, will put it together. Totally, the last couple of weeks has been going off on dads and youth sports, really chapping his ass, as he said. Totally, yeah. you seem like you're in a good mood today. What is Totally Time going to be about? All right. Ready? I am. I am in a good mood. I am ready. I am in a good mood. I'm going to break it into two parts because I have one little tidbit that, like, I drove for 14 hours, so I have a little bit of, um, like, it's just something very subtle, but it has to be put out there on the open airwaves. And then I'm going to go into what I'm really going to 
talk about right after that. So just tell me when. Did you write this down? No, I didn't write it down. I set my timer. Okay, ready? And hello, everybody. It's time for Totally Time. All right. I drove for 14 hours. I'm tired of trucks and cars driving slow in the fast lane. Some of the worst drivers from New York down to Virginia on the roads. Absolutely ridiculous. Move your ass over so people can drive fast past you. Okay, that's that. Second thing, I was very, very taken back by watching the Vanderbilt game and them going with like Apple watches to call the game. This is when we talk about development with kids. It's like, it starts there. How much more control? When you talk about growing professional athletes and growing major league baseball players, that, that should never happen. Teach the kids, let the kids make the mistakes. Like does one game, do you think one game really matters to that coaching staff? If they lose, like let it find it, find a teachable moment for those kids instead of just manipulating them and telling them what to do every time. I hope that, I hope I never see this in major league baseball. One minute <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> oh, man. Totally I did see that. Fired I, I was I was confused by that, by everyone looking at their Apple Watch. Like, what? what it's disgusting. What are we doing? Like, background. So, Vanderbilt players are wearing electronic wristbands showing what pitch the coach is calling from the dugout. It's the first year this is legal in college. Baseball, Vanderbilt has been trying it out. They tried it on fall ball. They did that. So, essentially, this year, the catcher will give zero signs. Hey, literally gives no incentive for the fucking kids to watch the game. And I don't mean to drop the F-bomb like that, but that that pisses me off because, like, watch the game. You might learn something, right? Like, I mean, that, that's what we had to do. In college, we had wrist the, the middle infielders had wristbands and the center fielder, but it was more just word of position each, each like, through with each hitter. But at the same time, we had – we I mean, Turner was our second baseman at Cal State Fullerton, but he was so smart that he would take the time – to learn the signs uh and he'd peek in and be like all right i can position myself based on the pitch that ricky's throwing that's baseball that's playing that's having instincts that's being yeah. a ball player that's that's kind of thinking with your pitcher okay he's gonna throw a curveball this hitter looks like you know he's gonna put the ball in the hole uh you know between first and second and i'm gonna position myself over there if i get beat i get beat but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm gonna trust myself, trust my instincts, hey. and, and I feel like that's being taken away. Like the college it is, is, it's gone. It's, I mean, and Vanderbilt again has an unbelievable resume of players coming out of there and and doing their thing in the big leagues. But I feel like here, like Josh said, it's you're limiting them. Like when they get to pro ball, they're gonna you're not gonna have that. So what are you gonna do? Like how are you gonna like react to stif- different situations? Rick, these guys are not even understanding how to pitch. Yeah. Even if you have a meeting afterwards, like, hey, this is why we did X, Y, and Z. Like, that, it's all about teachable moments in the game. That's how you. That's how you learn. You make the mistake once. You get told. You fix it. That's being a pro, right? Now it's just like they have no idea why they're throwing a two-zero cutter up and away into the yeah. quadrant seven. Half of them don't even know how to do that, probably. But that, I just, it, it I, I saw it and I was like, wait, we're really, we're, we're going down this road. Yeah. And you know what? At Cal State Fullerton, when we when I was there, the 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 pitching coach did call pitches, but you know once you got the the, the once you were kind of a starter and you were established, you had the right to to shake or or go to a different pitch and 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 stuff like that. But 
you know, I, I think at times, yeah, when I got to pro ball, it did lim limit me a little bit because I didn't know how to read swings or, or read guys' uh, feet in the box and stuff like that. So um, it, it does limit you a little bit. So I feel like, um, you know, the more you, you you the more you try and make these, uh, it, the less you try and make these guys so robotic, the, the better they're going to be for their future. I get it. You want to win in college. Everyone wants to get to the World Series. Everyone wants to get a ring. You want to have an edge on everyone else. But at the same time, let's think about the, the, the guys putting on that uniform and where we want to see them. You know, college is cool and all that and winning winning titles is cool. But we want to see these guys in the big leagues being superstars. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. Well said. All right. That's another <clears throat> edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Again, if you guys want a sticker, send me a DM. I got them right here. I'm going to set them out today. Uh, send me a DM at the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. Uh, it has Josh Tolley's name on there and also needs some uh artwork for totally time we got to get totally time artwork we got to get totally time stickers we got we got to brand out to the east coast with everybody in owego new york who's uh let, letting me know all the po boxes in upstate new york uh send them totally text me your ad your your barn address so i can send you some stickers for the kids yeah. uh we'll set that up there uh also make sure you rate review let us know what's going on what you like and also follow the ricky romero foundation instagram page we have now created the ricky romero foundation so there's a big things coming for the kids in east l.a that instagram page is also available totally anything to plug anybody to upset that's with? it baby we're right. ready to go and i'm um, tell the roanoke yard dogs to send the merch we will be wearing it next week i like that we'll see if we can get it out <laughs> all right rick we'll, we'll see you at the golf course tomorrow thanks to everybody who listens and subscribes and all that other good stuff we'll talk to you guys soon next week adios Go hang up, guys. Oh, what you got? No, no, I'm saying just go off air. Oh, 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 part two. Oh, see, if you guys would pay for the. All right, yeah, all right, all right. Don't hang up. Bye. I'll see, see you guys. You.